The following program is sponsored by Evangelical Life Ministries. Welcome to Engaging Truth, the manifestation of God's Word in the lives of people around us. Join us each week as we explore the impact of His message of spiritual renewal. From the lesson of forgiveness forged in the crucible of divorce, to the message of salvation learned by an executioner from a condemned killer, to the gift of freedom found in the rescue of victims of human trafficking. This is God's Truth in Action. Welcome to Engaging Truth. This is Dave Schultz, your host for this Sunday night evening message. I have a wonderful guest I've never seen before except on the Zoom for this morning, uh, Chaplain Arthur Stevens. Welcome, Chaplain. Well, thank you very much. It's a blessing to be here. I'd like to have you, just for the sake of um, the listening audience who doesn't know you, but certainly will know more of you uh, when this this interview is finished, give us a little bit about your life, who you are, where you came from, uh, and your calling into ministry. Well, I live in Los Angeles, and I have um, two children. My, my youngest has, a, has given us two beautiful granddaughters, and they're in high school and college now. My ministry actually started quite a few years ago. Uh, I, I started uh, in the deacon program, the LCMS deacon program. And when that um, was discontinued, then my uh, mentor, pastor, uh, decided that I should go to seminary. And I thought, oh, my goodness, at my age, I'm a second career guy. I, I was 40 years a general contractor here in Los Angeles. And so when he talked about going into the seminary, I thought, oh, at my age, I'm not sure I could do that. But of course, you don't say no to God. So I signed up and passed the tests. I was surprised by that. But it's a wonderful program. They've got great, great uh, uh, people there to, at Concordia Seminary in St. Louis. And, and I just came back from Fort Wayne and I found the same thing there. So our seminaries are just wonderful places uh, to go. And they're so accommodating, particularly uh, to somebody like me uh, in this program. So I uh, managed to pass all the classes, just graduated. But I, in the SMP program, you are actually an, uh, ordained. And so I am an ordained pastor uh, within the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod on their roster and just completing my program here last week. I've been involved in prison ministry for eight years, primarily down at Donovan, R.J. Donovan in San Diego. It's out by Obertide Mesa. It's about 30 miles southeast of uh, San Diego, right by the border. We can see the border fence there. And um, started out uh, with um, a fellow who, who insisted that I come and be uh, involved with him. He was a deltoid pastor, and uh, he kept trying to, he's a friend of mine, he kept trying to get me involved, and I kept saying, no, no, I've spent a lot of years trying to stay out of prison. I don't need to go to a prison or be involved in that. So, But again, the Lord kind of has his own way about things, so I, I agreed, and uh, Mike Bonner was his name, and he was a lovely, lovely man, and I really enjoyed him. I was going to be his deacon at the time, 
inside the prison, what it turned out to be. But something happened. Mike actually passed away uh, before we got a chance to solidify any of the arrangements. And frankly, I kind of thought, well, there it is. The Lord's telling me that that uh, he doesn't really want me in a prison. But what happened was that at his funeral, no less, the prison chaplain came over to me and he said, uh, looked down at me and he said, you're, you're, you're a Lutheran, aren't you? And I said, well, yes, I am. And he said, well, Mike's got this uh, catechism class. You think you can do that? Well, <laughs> a guy like me, you throw the gauntlet down and of course I have to take the challenge. Right. The... The reasoning behind uh, catechism class for me was adults should be able to do that in a year. So children, two, three years sometimes in a regular thing. And with this, um, with this business, I thought to myself, I can, I'll get those guys through in a year and then I'll be done and I'll satisfy Mike's uh, request and then the Lord will be happy and I'll be happy and I can move along. Well, it took me three years to get through that catechism class. What I found out, I got a real good acquaintance with a, with a, somebody we all know, and Satan. And Satan really put every barrier out there. I had no idea how how strong and really how tough Satan can be, but he he managed to um, uh, stop me at every turn, and not only me, but all of the ministry in the prison. He has no desire to have ministers there, and so he attacks us and in every way. And so I've learned a lot about about Satan, but the Holy Spirit does His work, and it's absolutely amazing to me how He can work in such a such a terrible environment. But we see men turning to God and Christ every day. Uh, it, it's it's absolutely. Uh, a thrilling experience to be that close. I never, ha I never had that kind of thing when I was in the parish, um, and uh, so to me it was exciting, and it still is. I, I see it today, and in fact, I've been to your area. Uh, uh, I've been to Plansky Unit, as a matter of fact. Uh, really, a friend of mine uh, moved from Donovan, and he's now the chaplain at Polanski. Uh -huh. And allowed me to go into the uh, death row, where the fellows are housed, waiting, awaiting executions. That was uh, that was a chilling moment, I have to say. But you know, they have a they have a group of men there that are actually Christians, and um, they speak to one another, and so they hold services and they do quite a bit. But the thing that was so exciting to me was that at Polanski, the fellows that are that are, uh, they're kind of like deacons, if you will. They come and they're allowed to come and sit with these men and talk to them. And I thought, wow, God really is working here. It's, it's amazing. It's just absolutely amazing. <clears throat> That's uh, pretty much about me, I guess. One of the things that um, has deeply moved me was not only were we visiting a um, a life for penitentiary uh, in South Houston, south of Houston in Darrington. But at the same time, I was um, put in, 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 the, in, the, in the picture of a wonderful guy whose name was Tim Carter. 
Tim Carter has become a pastor in the LCMS. And after that, he went ahead and uh, accepted a call just recently down to um, St. Peter's in St. Peter's Lutheran Church in Columbus, uh, Indiana. But while he was here, before he became a pastor, he was the executioner at that unit. He was the head of the execution team at the Polanski unit. And the stories that he tells about how God has used him, which is why he got into ministry. And so that's why you got into ministry too, is that you see how the gospel works in a way that you really don't very oftentimes see it in the church. When my friend and I, Pastor Kane or um, uh, Bill Pruitt and I, came out of the penitentiary south of Houston, after interviewing the senior students, we would hardly talk all the way back, simply thinking about the wonderful testimonies of these men. Um, Brother Chaplin, tell me of a situation that is very clear to you today of someone that you have seen transformed and how that happened uh, at one of those penitentiaries where you were uh, uh, visiting. Well, just a side note to your uh, Tim Carter, Pastor Carter, I've just read his book, and it's it's absolutely a wonderful book. I, I in fact, bought a bunch of them to give them out to my friends. It was so great. Yeah, his his book has been placed in many, many lives uh, here uh, in, in Texas, simply because of the fact that he was an associate at um, a church in uh, north of Houston in Tomball. So uh, enjoy the reading and the stories that he tells, especially um, how he got to, to see and to be convinced in ministry by um, a woman who was an axe murderer here in, in the Houston area for many years. So what is the story that you have of someone that you have seen transformed by that wonderful gospel? The one that sets uh, in my mind so much uh, was a, a middle-aged man. He'd been down for a long time, and he was involved in and a lot of drugs, been in and out of jails and been prisons uh, quite a few times because of drugs. And I met him at Donovan, and he came into my class. I have a class called Christianity Explored, and and uh, came into my class, and he didn't want to take the class, but we chatted, and I saw something in him and that was that led me to to actually uh, keep my eye on him and see what, what was going on with him because he claimed to be a Christian. Many people in prison claim to be Christians. Right. And of course they use that to try to fool everybody, including themselves. But with this guy it was something different about him. There's just something different. I won't use his name, but uh, we're we're actually not allowed to. Um but he, he uh, struck me, and the more I got to know him, because I was doing the evening services there at, uh, in a particular yard, D-yard. I was in D-yard there. And we had about 600, 700 men in D-yard, and, and he would always come to, to uh, chapel, and 
uh, both the morning service and the evening service he would come to. And he would um, he would read and help set up and things like that. And, and so I just kind of watched him. And, and, you know, the fellows that are on drugs, you can kind of tell that. Right. But he didn't, he didn't seem to be that way. He, um, so he struck me that uh, with just the conversations we were having, then he started telling me a little bit about how deep he understood the Bible. And I was quite surprised because most of the fellows in prison don't go that deep. And he, he, was, uh, he, was, he was quite knowledgeable about the Bible. And so <clears throat> he was going to do a long stretch, and, and his, he had a lot more ahead of him, and he's got cancer. And, uh, and it turned into stage four cancer. And we thought... We prayed hard for that man. We prayed hard for that man. And somehow or another, the Holy Spirit just changed things. I don't know how it's possible, but he did. And that man is um, actually got out. They, they uh, got him out on parole. He's now very active in his church. Uh, in his home community, uh, has a new girlfriend. Um, his church has accepted him, and he's become a, a vibrant member of that church. Uh, I see all kinds of good things happening with him on the outside. So here we had a man that was totally, totally involved in drugs for quite a while in his life, and because of the work of the Holy Spirit, he's completely changed individual now, and and uh, you were talking about driving back and forth. I have to say many, many times I drove. I live in Los Angeles, and I drive to San Diego every Sunday. It's 140 miles one way. And on the way back, just thinking about this particular exactly. or any of the other guys that, that uh, exactly. are involved in the, in the chapel, uh, it's an amazing transformation. And, and for me, the way I look at it, is I get to see the Holy Spirit actually working in human beings. And I, I have to say that that really, I have never seen that before. Yeah. And you've probably seen the same thing as exactly. I'm talking. Exactly. But it brings you into, the, into the, uh, the, the message of the saving grace of our Lord and Savior that um, it is just, just transformative. Um, when we see these men turn their lives around, and I mean, some of these guys are never going to get out. They're the worst of the worst, yeah. Oh, rightly so. But that doesn't mean that Jesus Christ didn't die on the cross for them, too. Right, exactly. And, uh, yeah, we have a price to pay for what we do here on this earth, but God also offers us everlasting life. Uh, and we just have to take up the sword and battle our way through uh, and, and pay attention to what he has to say. I'll, I'll tell you something uh, about what I say to some of these fellows. You know, it's, it's um, while you were out there robbing, raping, and pillaging, and carrying on, you weren't paying any attention. But God has been calling you since before you were born 
You weren't paying any attention. Are you paying attention now? And sometimes that works. Sometimes that works. Uh, I had a big fella, big husky guy, and he asked me that in one of the classes one day. And I said to him that, that, that saying, and he looked at me and he said, you got me there, Art. You got me there. He said, you're right. That's exactly what I was doing. And now he's got my attention. I'm listening. And he went on to uh, become a vibrant member of the congregation, you know, and inmates inside prisons are congregants too. Uh, When they come to chapel, we have different kind of congregation, but not necessarily Lutheran one, but um, these fellows come in there and uh, there can be change of heart. You know, and, and the beauty of what I do is because I'm there with them for longer periods of time. I don't do jail ministry per se or or something with shorter period where the people come in and transfer out real right. quick. So I get a chance to see them on longer uh, thing. I see how they they, they they work, how they how they act. You know, uh, we can say we're Christians and we can blah, blah all the time we want to, but proof's in how we act and how we talk and how exactly. we how we uh, present ourselves, and in in prison, you can see that you can actually see a, a distinct change. Well, let me just share a a thought with you that probably, um, with what you are doing, is going to be a very positive thing. I went to Angola Penitentiary uh, in 2013 with Grove Norwood. Uh, Grove invited me to see the seminary that the Southern Baptists in Louisiana had placed inside the seminary, in the penitentiary. It was amazing. Well, what happened from that two years later that uh, the Southern Baptists started the seminary here in Darrington, which is south of Houston. And that seminary now is, I think, probably seven, eight years old, and they graduate every Every four, every year, they graduate thirty to forty students, and these men are then sent out and become uh, workers in other penitentiaries. They will never, they will never ever get out, but they're workers in the penitentiary. Pastor John Kane and I took this message. We were so impressed with it to our seminary, and you've been there in St. Louis, and tried to say, isn't if they can do this, can we not do it? Uh, Put seminaries in places where we have colleges, for instance, and we have uh, a potential teaching staff among the PhDs there. And it just really kind of fell after a couple years of encouragement, it fell on deaf ears. But I think maybe you're the man that God is calling to carry this, not only in California, but maybe through California and the executives there, that this thought can also be promoted, I think, and both Pastor Kane and I thought together, that the prison ministry is the next big evangelistic outreach in this country, and I truly believe it. What are your thoughts? In the Pacific Southwest District, that includes all of Southern California, all of Arizona, and Clark County, Nevada. There are about 148 facilities that will hold inmates. There are approximately on any given day, 100,000 people incarcerated in the Pacific Southwest District alone. Um, It's a huge mission field. 
And my goal as prison ministry coordinator for the district is, is to bring pastors, lay people, deacons into the idea that they can step out of the pew, out of the church. I mean, and that's really what we're supposed to do anyway. It's what we're encouraged to do. I recall Christ saying something like that. Uh, and, and come and be involved in some way. It doesn't have to be inside. It could be inside. Uh, we certainly are desperate for people who are well-educated, and that's one of the things the seminary does. Is does Right, exactly. Well-educated pastors and, and bring this true message of salvation to these men because they get their, they get their uh, uh, religion in prison, most of them, because outside, right. that's not part of their lives. But when they come in to the prison, they hear these things, these crazy things that sometimes people say uh, because there's all kinds of different volunteers that come in. They don't necessarily all have the same objectives, the same knowledge, certainly. And again, uh, with, with the knowledge that these Lutheran people have when it comes to the true word, I think it's vitally important that our, that our LCMS, and I'm working with a guy by the name of uh, Pastor Brian Heller right now. Uh, Brian is the new, he's, he's the new manager at the um, Synod level in the specialized ministry, uh, I'm sorry, the uh, specialized pastoral ministry program. And we uh, in the prison ministry fall under that. Uh, so uh, our, our goal then is to try to come together and open up using all of the wonderful resources that they have at the International Center there in St. Louis. Correct. Focus on making prison ministry a, uh, a viable mission. And along that line, we took the first step here, and I was so thrilled. I was able to put together, with the Lord's help, and I'd never made one before, but a resolution that was passed at convention, a district-level convention, that accepted the, idea, the concept of having um, prison ministry as a mission of our district. And my goal is to make that available to all of the coordinators throughout the um, LCMS to start as a starting point to help them become missionaries into prisons. And so uh, it passed 165 to five. I'm praying for those five fellows. But <laughs> we'll see how that goes. <laughs> uh, in the meantime. There's an awful lot of things, uh, you know, we're just starting, I'm just starting, I'm, I mean, my age, uh, God's given me good health so far, and and uh, with my construction experience, maybe I'm a little bit uh, anxious to get things started, but we'll see how it all goes, and I'm, I have every confidence that the Holy Spirit will pull me back, pull the reins back if I get too carried away, but in the meantime, we, this is a huge mission field and, and uh, something I think, I think this is something we can accomplish. We've got a minute left, you believe it or not, 
to do just what we had been trying to do for 23 minutes. I want to thank you, um, Brother Arthur, Pastor Stevens. I, I do know the Lord has not only called you, but he's using you, and he'll continue to use you effectively in sharing that wonderful gospel, not only with people in the pews when you get invited to, to preach on those Sundays, but also when you minister to those who are incarcerated. So thank you, Brother Stevens and Pastor Stevens, for being with us. And thank you for being with us this evening on Engaging Truth. Do come back to be with us again next Sunday night at 7 o'clock. Thank you and good night. Thank you for listening to this broadcast of Engaging Truth. Be sure to join us each week at this time. To help support our ministry, contact Evangelical Life Ministries, Post Office Box 568, Cypress, Texas, 77410 or visit our website at elmhouston.org or find us on Facebook at Evangelical Life Ministries. Thank you.